You are listening to the Missio Tempe podcast. We are a church of missional communities, living as a family of missionary servants for the good of our city. For more information about our church, visit missiotempe.com. We hope this teaching encourages and challenges you to faithfully take up your role in the Missio Day. So uh, in the early 1900s, my great-grandfather came over from Sicily, I think through Ellis Island, if I'm not mistaken. And he was just a boy at the time. They eventually moved from uh, the East Coast inward a little bit to Johnstown, Pennsylvania. Now, let me tell you a little bit about Johnstown. Johnstown was kind of the epicenter of the revolution, the Industrial Revolution, as far as producing steel. Steel was the main kind of thing that drew immigrants from all over the world to come to Johnstown to work in the steel mills. That's where my grandfather grew up, and uh, he was a union boss for decades. Now, if you need to negotiate anything in life, uh, I can get you connected with my grandpa, from your bank account at your local bank to uh, the price of a dish at a restaurant. Uh, He's always trying to negotiate. That's just who he is. Then my dad grew up uh, with my grandpa and grandma in a town a little bit outside of Johnstown in Indiana, Pennsylvania. But as you kind of, uh, if you were a part of our family, as we talked about traditions, if, if you were to kind of uh, peer into my family, from generation to generation, the one thing that has unified us has been our love, or at least what's been passed down, of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Some of you are going to boo right now because all the Cardinals fans are, right, thank you, Kenny. So I, the Pittsburgh Steelers are the kind of the unifying thing, the tradition that's been passed down from generation to generation. Since I was a little boy, before I could talk, before I could read, before I could do anything of significance, I was immersed in the story of what it means to be a fan of this team, to be from this place, to be the Steeler, to be the Pittsburgh Steelers. Six Super Bowls, the most in the NFL, all right? And guys, I just want to put this out there because this is a lot of, this is like fake news. Santonio Holmes had both feet inbounds when they beat the Cardinals. Both toes were inbounds, all right? I'm sorry. I wish the Cardinals would have won too because that might have been our only chance. But the Pittsburgh Steelers, that was the thing that's passed down from generation to generation, a tradition, you could say. Well, today, many of us are gathered here. We have grandparents, aunts, uncles, maybe great-grandparents, parents, all together to dedicate and baptize some little ones in our midst. What we're trying to do today is we are passing down a tradition, the tradition of our faith, from our story, from creation and restoration, with Jesus being the hero, to the little ones in our midst, to raise them in the gospel, to raise them in this story, this tradition, that more than a football team that you watch every Sunday, that they would be immersed in the good news, Jesus' death and his resurrection. That begins today for many of these little ones. That's what we're here gathered to do. So today, just for a few moments, before I'm going to invite Chris Gonzalez, the guy I pastor alongside, to come up and, and perform the ceremony, to say, to say the least, uh, I want to lead us through a passage in Deuteronomy chapter 6. So you have a Bible with you, I want you to turn to Deuteronomy chapter 6. We're going to look at verses 1 through 12. As we think about passing down the tradition of our faith from one generation to the next, maybe like a tradition that you have in your family, I want to remind us of what we're actually passing down. And I want to frame that around the promises, the commands, and the warnings of God. The promises, the commands, 
and the warnings of God. This isn't just for the parents in our midst or the great-grandparents or, or grandparents in our midst or aunts and uncles. This is for all of us because today isn't just uh, we're dedicating some different families to raise their kids in the gospel. Today, we're committing as a church family to raise these little ones in the true story of the world from creation to restoration, again, with Jesus being the hero. So we're going to look at Deuteronomy chapter 6. I want to look at the promises, the commands, and the warnings. Let me read the first couple of verses here from Deuteronomy chapter 6. Verses 1 through 3. To give you some context, Israel had been wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. And now this next generation is going to take the promised land. Joshua is going to lead them into the land. And so Moses, as kind of his parting words at the end of the, the, the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, he gives some, uh, some reminders, some instructions of how to live as you enter into the promised land, as you enter the land God had promised you. So let's read verses 1 through 3. Deuteronomy chapter 6. These are the commands, decrees, and laws that the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess, so that you, your children, and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all of his decrees and commands that I give you, so that you may enjoy long life. Verse 3. Hear, Israel. And be careful to obey so that it may go well with you and you may increase greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. Promised you. One of the things I try to repeat to my kids, my five and three-year-old often, not perfectly often, is this. No matter where you go or what you do, I will always love you. No matter where you go or what you do, I will always love you. These first couple of verses, I want you just to catch that last phrase of verse 3. All that has been promised to you. The good news of our story from the beginning to end is that before God ever puts any demands on us as his people, deliverance comes first. Deliverance always comes before demand. Promise always comes before commands. That's the good news of our story. And what we're trying to pass down generation to generation to the kids in our midst as a church family is first God's promises. I love you. That's his extension, his invitation to us, his proclamation over our lives. I love you. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his son. When Jesus came out of the, the waters of baptism, He's heard from his father, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Before Jesus did anything of significance, of worth, before any miracle or healing, he heard those true words of identity, the promise of God, I love you. And so today we're committing to start with the promises to these little ones. The promise that God extends his lavish love to these kids and to us in Christ. The promises. Let's continue reading. Let's read Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9. It says this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. You could argue the most important thing you do every day is the things that you do the last hour you are awake and the first hour you are awake. 
whether it's scrolling endlessly through Instagram, checking your email, maybe prayer or spending some time with uh, a significant other. The last hour and the first hour are some of the most significant times of your entire week. They're forming you. They're molding you. Well, in Israel's history, what you just heard, these verses, it's called the Shema, which just means here, starting specifically in verse 4. It says, Hear, O Israel. Israelites, for thousands of years, God's people, would repeat this simple phrase, morning and night, morning and night, morning and night, for thousands of years now. They were orienting themselves in this story to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. Jesus says that's the greatest commandment to follow. A couple of us in our congregation, we have kids that are part of um, uh, language schools, at least uh, dual language, where half the week is in English, half the week is maybe in Spanish or in French. Well, from a young age, if you know anything about language learning, you're trying to uh, immerse kids from a young age in the language of another culture. Because by the time they get to six or seven, our language skills dramatically drop. We're not able to remember. I can give you evidence of that in my two years of Spanish I took. That if you were to come try to talk to me in Spanish, I would maybe be able to say my name. And that is about it. But if you start from a young age of immersing ourselves in a different language, quickly kids pick up without even all the rules in place of how to speak that language, how to listen to that language. And what's happening here is it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. Love Him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. To do that every morning and every night was to immerse yourselves in a story, to immerse yourselves in this truth. It becomes second nature, much like a kid in language school, being immersed in a different language. So not only are we committing to the promises of God, extending I love you to the kids in our midst as we're raising them in the gospel, but we're also extending the commands of God. The commands. It says here to remember the commands. And the command is really from Jesus is, come, follow me. It starts with, I love you. And then secondly, come, follow me. As a congregation, today we're committing to invite these little ones to come, follow Jesus. To watch our lives to follow and model and pattern their lives after Jesus and come to follow Him, to immerse themselves in this story from Genesis to Revelation, to follow closely behind Jesus. I love you. Come follow me. Let's continue reading for this last part here of the warnings. Let's read 6, 10 through 12. When the Lord your God brings you into the land He swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give you a land with large, flourishing cities that you did not build, houses filled with all kinds of good things that you did not provide, wells you did not dig, and vineyards and olive groves that you did not plant. Then when you eat and are satisfied, listen to these words here in verse 12, be careful that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt and out of the land of slavery. If you're on any form of social media, particularly Instagram, uh, one of the common things that I see, at least in, in my different feeds, and especially if you hit that explore tab down at the bottom, is there is a whole culture obsessed with parenting technique. Like obsessed. Like people have built entire platforms based on particular techniques of how to parent. Really good stuff out there, like psychology-based uh, how to create healthy attachments with your kids, but it's almost like this overwhelming sense of, especially if, if you're a, a parent, for like, what, how am I supposed to go about doing this? 
Some of us wanted to try to avoid the helicopter parenting style where you kind of, in a sense, hover over your kid and, and try to control every aspect of their lives, right? We don't want to be that. But also a new form of parenting is called the snowplow style where you basically just create the path for your kid so they don't have any troubles or challenges in life. You basically plow away all of the, the challenges in, the, in front of them so they can just kind of glide through. We don't want to do that, right? But regardless of what kind of technique you've picked up, regardless of what you've practiced, some of you have been parents for a really long time. You should probably come up here and talk and give us some good wisdom on techniques. I think one of the missing ingredients of our parenting, is, we, if we're going to have it shaped by the biblical story, would be to give our kids the warnings. The warnings of God. That sounds like an ominous word. The warnings. Be warned. But here's how the passage ends, right? It says, be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God. Be careful. Let me give you a picture of maybe how the warnings could look like as we try to equip and shape and immerse our kids in the story. I think the warnings start with our vulnerability as parents, as those farther along. Here's what I think it looks like appropriately. It looks like us sharing from our lives the ways that we've gone down different paths that have led to despair, destruction, and hurt and pain in our lives and sharing that with our kids and saying, hey, don't follow the path that I've followed. Hey, let me teach you from my life the ways that I've made mistakes so that you might not follow the same path. There's something powerful for a kid to see in a healthy way, vulnerability from their parents to say, you know what, as a parent, here's the ways I, have, I don't have it together. Here's the ways that I've made mistakes. Here's the paths that I've chosen that have lead to destruction. Let me share that with you as a warning, as a warning so that you might not follow in the same footsteps as me that you might follow closer to Jesus through every season. We've been journeying through the Proverbs as a church where we've been reading one proverb a day, one chapter of Proverbs a day. And one of the things that's interesting about the Proverbs is really it's a relationship between a father or a parent and a child. And Proverbs is a, is a story over and over again of a parent telling their child of the different temptations they're going to face along the way of life. And saying, hey, be careful. Be careful how you walk. Be warned. Don't forget Yahweh. Fear the Lord. That's the beginning of wisdom. We give our kids the promises, I love you as a congregation. We then move from I love you to the commands, come follow me. And then lastly, we give the warnings, don't forget me, the Lord says. And the good news for us ourselves and for the kids in our midst is that no matter how far we wander from God, no matter how often we don't heed the warnings of God, the Father waits on the porch ready for our return, ready to put a ring on our finger, a, clo uh, uh, a, war uh, a uh, clothing on our back, a feast to celebrate that we've returned. That's what God has extended to us even as we wander. In a moment, I'm going to invite Chris up here to lead us through us dedicating and baptizing, uh, I think it's close to nine or ten different families. If you're kind of maybe just joining us for the first time and you're kind of wondering, hey, this whole combination, we're doing dedications and baptisms, we have a whole podcast sermon series we did a couple months ago. I don't have time to explain here, but we're trying to showcase as a church this beautiful unity, even with two visions of baptism. So if you'd love to talk more about that, you're, you're free to come and, and talk to me and, and process that through. But in a moment, when the kids come up, I'm going to give each family a seed. A seed. Because today marks the beginning of something. 
it's a sunflower seed. I have one planted in my backyard actually right now. It just, it just blossomed this last week. It's beautiful. But this seed represents what's going to happen today, where as these different families come up and as we dedicate and baptize these kids in our midst, we're committing as a congregation, as this seed has been planted by the Lord, to help water it and to help see it grow. It says in 1 Corinthians 3, 6, Paul says, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. And so as we plant these different seeds today in the, in the lives of these different families and as a congregation, we're going to pray for the Spirit to bring growth so that this seed doesn't remain a seed, but it germinates, it sprouts out of the ground, it becomes a beautiful plant. So I'm going to encourage you as parents, as you get this little baggie of seeds, if your kid's old enough to kind of be able to do this, if not, you can do it for them, but just to even plant this simple sunflower seed. And as it grows, have it be a physical reminder of the work that God has started in their life. That today, as they've been extended the promises, commands, and warnings of God, that one day they would receive them, not from your faith, but a faith of their own. That they would take up their role in God's story. And they'd faithfully follow Jesus wherever he leads them. Apart from the sunflower seed, I think I've encouraged many of your parents, many of you parents that are dedicating today through email. But you could plant some kind of tree, maybe in your backyard or front yard or on your property. And hopefully as a tree grows and, and makes it through this hot summer, you can use that tree as a physical reminder in the years to come for your child of what it looks like for them to receive hold of, of the promises, commands, and warnings of God. And so, Chris, would you come on up? Hello, everybody. Good morning. Oh, good. First, we're going to start with uh, two baptisms for Lincoln and Silas Meredith. And so, Meredith, if you guys want to come up first. And as they, as they come up front, uh, the first thing I want to say is a reminder. This is for all of us as we get ready to these baptisms and these dedications. Uh, this is for all of us as the Christian family. And so uh, let me say this to all of us, brothers and sisters in Christ. The sacrament of baptism and the dedications that we will do to follow reminds and assures us that we share in the death and resurrection of Christ and are incorporated into Christ's holy church. Baptism proclaims the faith of the church. The water of baptism is a sign and seal of God's promise to cleanse us from sin, renew us, and reconcile all things to himself in Christ. In baptism, God's people are promised the gift of the Holy Spirit as a pledge of this reconciliation. The same Spirit binds us to each other and joins us to Christ's ministry of love, peace, and justice. And so now I have some questions for uh, Ricky and for Lindsay as they uh, have come here to bring their boys to be baptized. So I have some questions for them, and then I'll have a question for uh, the rest of us as the community together. Ricky and Lindsay, uh, since you have presented Lincoln and Silas for baptism, I ask you the following questions to, before God and his people. Who is your Lord and Savior? Will you be a faithful member of this congregation and through worship and service seek to advance God's purposes here and throughout the world? Do you profess your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and affirm the promises of God made to you and your children in his word? 
And do you believe that your children, through, though sinful by nature, are received by God in Christ as members of his covenant and therefore ought to be baptized? And do you promise in reliance on the Holy Spirit and with the help of the Christian community to do all in your power to instruct these children in the Christian faith and to lead them by your example into the life of Christian discipleship? And now to the congregation. Do you promise to love, encourage, and support these brothers, Lincoln and Silas, by teaching the gospel of God's love, by being an example of Christian faith and character, and by giving the strong support of God's family and fellowship, prayer, and service? And you can respond with, we do. Wonderful. Would you pray with me? We give you thanks, holy and gracious God, for the gift of water, in the beginning of creation, your spirit moved over the waters, and the waters of the flood you destroyed evil. You led the children of Israel through the sea into the freedom of the promised land. In the river Jordan, John baptized our Lord, and your spirit anointed him. By his death and resurrection, Jesus Christ, the living water, forgives us, frees us from sin and death, and opens the way to life everlasting. We thank you, O God, for the gift of baptism. In this water, you confirm to us that we are buried with Christ in his death and raised to share in his resurrection, are being renewed by the power of the Holy Spirit, and are united to Christ in mission. Amen. Amen. Now, uh, those of you, uh, there's three different ways that church, the church throughout church history has uh, done baptism, three different modes of baptism. Uh, one is to sprinkle. And so you might sprinkle some water on the person being baptized. And that represents, like in uh, 1 Peter, Peter talks about we've been sprinkled by the blood of Christ. And it signifies that we have been cleansed by the blood of Christ. Or Ezekiel says that I will one day, in the last day, I will sprinkle you with water and cleanse you. And so we could do that signifying that we've been cleansed. A second way that many of us, myself included, have been baptized is to be submerged uh, and just uh, at the end of next month, at the end of June, we're going to have a horse trough out here filled up with water. And Titus uh, Hughes and maybe some others are going to be dunked all the way under. And, and as they're submerged in water, uh, it represents, we'll say, buried with Christ. The submersion represents that they've been buried with Christ. And then as they come up out of the water and raised to new life. But the third way is to pour water on the head of the one being baptized representing that as we have been buried and raised with Christ, as we are a part of his church, that the spirit of the living God has been poured out on us. And so we're going to do this by uh, pouring. So Lincoln and Silas. Uh, Lincoln, you want to go first? So here's, here's the deal. I'm going to pour this water on you as your baptism. So it's going to go on your head and you're going to get wet. Is that okay? I figured you'd be pretty excited about this. Yes, it's going to get your clothes wet. So, we'll lean your head back and try not to get too much on your clothes. Do you want to feel the water first and feel it? Is it, you know, how does it feel? Is it cold or warm? Cold. Is it a little cold? I tried to get it not too cold. All right. So, Lincoln, can you lean your head back? I'm going to not get in your, in your eyes, okay? But, Lincoln, Lincoln, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Do you hear them clapping for you? They're clapping. They're clapping. There you go. And now Silas. 
Silas, we baptize you, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Pray. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for these boys that you have given to Ricky and to Lindsay and that you have given them to steward and to care for and to raise in the gospel. We pray that they would be, Ricky and Lindsay and us, would be faithful to, to teach them about you, Jesus. We'd be faithful to teach them the true story of the whole world and that these boys would grow up to lay hold of the promises and that they would see you, Jesus, as their love and as their Savior and that they would follow you all the days of their lives. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, guys. And now we have several, uh, several families who want to dedicate themselves uh, to raising their kids in the gospel. And so before I have them come up, I want to say just one thing to make it so plain. Uh, these, uh, these families, as they come up, we often call this a child dedication. But really, this is, it's a parent and a community dedication. So it's these parents and the families and the community that surrounds them that is saying, we are committing to raising these kids in the gospel. Just as Ricky and Lindsay just said that about their boys, now we're going to dedicate uh, several kids. And so I have a list uh, here, but there might be others that aren't on here. So I'm just going to invite anyone who would like to dedicate themselves to raising their kids in the gospel, who would like to come forward and do that uh, this morning to come forward now. You guys can stand up here. Charlie, I think we'll give you some seeds. Uh, you can also come over here and uh, we'll do this. So we cheered at the baptism. Uh, we're going to cheer for the dedication. So we're, for each of these kids, as I say uh, their names, uh, why, don't, why don't we all, and you guys can cheer for each other as well. So uh, Nevea Google. Adeliza and Heidi Whedon. Torin Perry. Duke Barker. Liam Hart. Uh, George and Emma Snyder. It's you. <laughs> Holden Wright. And Brooklyn Roth. Anybody? Did I miss anybody? Praise God. <laughs> Parents, as you stand up here with these children for dedication, I want to ask you the following questions before uh, God and his people. And so the answer to the, I'm going to give you the answers to the questions as well. The answer to the first question, the right answer, if you will, is Jesus. So this is something all kids need to learn as they grow up in the church, is that if you're ever in doubt, the right answer is? Jesus. Always Jesus. Who, parents, as you look to raise your kids in the gospel, I want to ask you this, who is your Lord and Savior? Jesus. And then for the other questions, you can answer, we, we do or we will. Will you be a faithful member of this congregation and through worship and service seek to advance God's purposes here and throughout the world? We will. Do you profess your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and affirm the promises of God made to you and your children in his word? We 
Do you promise in reliance on the Holy Spirit and with the help of the Christian community to do all in your power to instruct these children in the Christian faith and to lead them by your example into the life of Christian discipleship? And now to the congregation. You can respond with, we will. Do you promise to love, encourage, and support these brothers and sisters by teaching the gospel of God, the by teaching the gospel of God's love, by being an example of Christian faith and character, and by giving the strong support of God's family and fellowship, prayer, and service. Now, to pray, we want to dedicate uh, each of these. So I want to pray for uh, these families and for these children. Uh, but what we're going to do is if you guys would go back out into the, the crowd, and I'm just going to invite everybody else to stand up and come around one of these families. And so we want to make sure there's at least some people around each of these families. But if you want to come around them, you can lay hands on them, the parents, or on the children. And I want to pray together for us. So everybody can stand up and find one of those families that was just up here and join around them. Let's pray together. Father, you created this world and you created human beings to be fruitful and to multiply, to be people who would care for and cultivate your creation. God, we confess that we have sinned and rebelled against you and that we do not do the things we ought to do. But we thank you that you, through Christ, are reconciling and restoring your creation. And so we pray for these children that have just been up here, that we lay our hands on, we come around, we pray that these children would be part of your family that they would be raised to know that you are the creator, sustainer, and redeeming God, and that you love and care for them so deeply, and that you have a plan for their life, and that you have put people like their parents and people like the community gathered around them, around them, to care for them, to protect them, to guide them, to challenge them, to give them the commands, the promises, and the warnings. And so we pray that we would be faithful to take up our role in that, we pray that these children, that they would know your great love and that for the rest of the days of their lives, they would be your faithful people and that they would know that you love and care for them, Jesus. We dedicate ourselves to loving and caring and teaching and discipling these children. We give you thanks because you are the Savior. You are the Redeemer. We love you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray and all God's people said, Amen. Amen.